Hey, what's up, guys? This is Pat with the Cast Right Catholic Podcast, and today I wanted to talk about God's special mission for your life. So if you grew up in or around the church, there's a pretty good chance you heard at some point in time that God has a special mission for your life. That God has something unique and particular that is assigned to just you as your participation in building his kingdom here on earth, a civilization of love. But if you're like me, you can be a little bit neurotic about trying to figure out what that special mission of love actually is. Of course, it's true. It's absolutely true that God has a unique and a particular mission that's assigned just to you. And I would go even farther. It's not just that Christ has a special mission for you. It's that Christ has a special, unique, and particular love for you. That Christ, he doesn't love generally. He loves specifically. He loves particularly. He doesn't just love humanity. He loves individual human beings. I believe that there was a moment on the cross where Christ thought specifically of you. And a moment on the cross when he thought specifically of me, it might have just been a second, but in that second, your entire life flashed before his, lives and his eyes and he fell madly in love with you. It might have just been a second, but in that second, your name welled up from within him and passed from his lips to the Father and he claimed your life. And that second is completely and uniquely and particularly yours. And in that second, there was a room that was carved out into the heart of Christ, a room prepared by the Father, a place just for you. And that when we go to the inner room to pray, it's not just the inner room of our own self, of our own interior being, but it's the inner room in Christ's heart, the place where we experience the utmost unique and particular intimacy with Christ for which we were created. And when we pray, we access that second. We access that second and that place in Christ's heart that that second carved into it. And eternity is to live in that second, the intimacy of that moment of God's claiming of us in love forever. That's eternal life. And so it's not just that Christ has a specific mission for us, it's that love has a face. And he loves us particularly. But what can happen to some of us is we can begin to become cognizant of that particular love. We can, be, we can become aware of the fact that Christ does love us in a special and unique way. And almost accidentally, we begin to think, oh, wow, I think God really does have a special mission for me. But what we mean by that, and we would probably never say it this way, and it's really hard to admit, but sometimes what we mean by that is that our mission is just a little bit bigger and a little bit better than our neighbors. That by special mission, what we have is something that's slightly more important than those around us who are living ordinary Christian lives. And there's some good in that desire, but there's also a very subtle 
discreet, and lethal temptation to believe that somehow we are called to something more important than those around us. But what we really want, and this is the way it is for me, is we want the unfolding story of love in our lives to be dramatic. In that temptation to crave a special and unique mission that's just a little bit bigger and a little bit better than our neighbors, what we really, really want is for our love to be dramatic and powerful and worthy of telling a story about. I'm finding myself, I find myself captivated by the dramatic moments in the gospel, whether it's that ultimate drama of the passion or even the drama of all the healings and conversions and the homilies and the big parable speeches that are given by the seaside, these tremendous moments of grace that poured forth through Christ. I crave to participate in something like that in my own life. And we might even start to think, God, I'm willing to suffer. I see that in those dramatic moments that there's a great sacrifice that needs to be made and I want to make that sacrifice too. But I think the struggle, the difficulty in love is not its bigness, but its smallness. I believe that the cross, that most dramatic showing of love, was the fruit of three years of ministry. Three years that were, yes, filled with healings and conversions, but also filled with ordinary human relationships, ordinary human encounters, daily grinding ministry, walking, hiking, talking about nothing at all, eating, drinking, sitting by a fireside, disagreeing, bumping heads, bumping shoulders. misunderstanding, being misunderstood. And I believe that those three years of daily grinding ministry were the fruit of 30 years of hidden family life spent in a workshop amongst neighbors, at family dinners, at family reunions, running around playing outside as a little kid, learning a trade. The cross in a great dramatic burst, revealed the love of the Holy Family that was hidden and subtle and intimate and quiet and small, and which so beautifully imaged the love of the Trinity. The truth is, I think love unravels slowly over time in our lives. It unfolds in the small moments, at the same time and the same place that we do butt heads, that we do bump shoulders, that we do disagree, are misunderstood, misunderstand, tell a joke that falls flat, feel our pride kick, conversations when we are tired, normal daily interactions, normal daily grinds. It's in these moments that love has an opportunity to truly take place and truly take root in the world. And the way this loving and smallness looks, I think is really centered around Christ's teaching about self-denial. It's something to do with the fact that it's better to understand than to be understood. Something to do with being patient with one another, bearing one another's weakness, being gracious and kind. Something about being slow to speak, 
slow to anger, and quick to listen. Something about not looking to our own interests, but those of others, counting others above ourselves. And when we live this way, it is a slow, gradual death of pride and selfishness and a continuous, increasing resurrection into a new life that reaches its summit in eternity and that second on the cross that belongs completely to us, the second of utmost intimacy with God through Jesus Christ. The truth is, is that our love is also specific. That because love has a face, it's not just that we're called to love generally. It's not just that we're called to love in big flashes, writing a great book, you know, giving a great talk or great speech, doing something big and grand. It's in the daily grind. It's these people. We don't have a call to the to marriage, we have a call to marry this person. We're not called to just love the entire world. We're called to love these people who surround us in this world. And yes, when we grow in love of Christ, it fosters a deep and abiding love for humanity as a whole. But it also manifests itself in a unique and particular love for those with whom we are face to face because love has a face. Love is particular. Love is specific. Love loves this one. I wanted to tie this to something I've kind of been experiencing during this um, COVID quarantine time that's such a unique time in, in our world. And I know it's affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um, and for some number of us, um, one of the ways it actually affected us was we suddenly had extra time. <laughs> There's suddenly lots of extra time. And the question to myself at the beginning of this quarantine is, what am I going to do with this extra time? And because I have this desire to love dramatically like Christ, I started wanting to plot and plan all the things that I could do with this extra time, things I could write, things I could say, things I could create, that I wanted to use this extra time to somehow do something big and great, that I wanted to plot and plan a way for me to participate in some dramatic show of love. But what I really realized is that I love like a marsh. I love like a marsh, shallow and spread out. And during this quarantine, what Christ has been wanting to teach me is to love like a well, deep and concentrated. That I want to go out and love all of these people in this, in this world and do all these great things, and yet here is a son. Here is my wife. Here are my parents and my in-laws, my brother and sisters-in-law, my sister, my niece. That there are very particular people And the Lord was saying, love here and love deeply and learn the truth about the depth of the way I love, not loving like a marsh spread thin and shallow, but loving like a well deep and specifically and concentrated these people.
how do I do that? How do I do that? What I've realized is that what I, the most important thing to do with my extra time was one, anytime there's extra time, give it to Christ in prayer. Spend more time understanding his love for me so that I can manifest that love to the people around me. I can only, of myself, I have nothing. And so I can only love as deeply as I've been loved by Christ. That without Christ's love, I have nothing substantial to give. I can't love deeply. But spending time with Christ, he makes me a deeper well. And I can love more deeply those around me. We love, St. John says, because he loved us first. Any extra time I have, I must spend with him. Allowing him to love me and then responding obediently out of that time to the way he calls me to love concretely and specifically the people who he has placed around me. And then the second thing is, is not that we can't be called to these big dramatic moments. It's not that we can't be called to some great dramatic participation in the love of God. There still are people, you know, the stories of the saints. There still are the gospel stories, and we are called to that. But as St. Peter says in uh, his epistle, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. If we want to live out our special mission, if we want to have a great prophetic word for the world, it's not generated within ourselves, but it's received from him. And the only way to grow into that big dramatic love, the way Christ grew into the cross in his full maturity, when Christ's love reached its peak maturity, it was the cross, but that was a love that was fostered by daily loving. It revealed a love that he had been loving with every day of his life for 33 years up to that point. He was carried along by the spirit of his father. And we have to be the same learning to abide daily, giving extra time to him and learning to love concretely, specifically, particularly. And then that special mission of love doesn't unravel in the abstract on some plane that's above the concrete world, but it unravels in these daily interactions with those specifically placed around us. That when we learn that love has a face, and that Christ loves us particularly, not generally. And then we begin to imitate that particular love towards those who surround us in our daily life. Then the special mission unfolds. And if ever called upon, if ever invited into a great dramatic burst of love, we'll actually be prepared to live it out because that same love has been the love we've been living with in smallness up to that point. Thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, this has been the Cast Right Catholic Podcast.